So welcome. I'm so glad you guys are here today. Aren't you glad that you figured out everything else to set aside to be here today? Because that's really what it takes these days, right? So much going on in the world. We got so many demands every other place and it takes like effort to like get to church. But I'll tell you, it's important. It's really important that we gather together, that we are to hear as a family of God. This month we've been talking, our series is called DNA, who we are as a church. We talked in the first week on our mission, which comes from the Great Commission, right? To go and make disciples. That is our mission here at this church, as Rockside Church. It's right here on a banner. If you're ever confused or want to know what it is, it's right here. Taking the unchanging love of Christ to an ever-changing world. That is our mission, right? Last week, we had an amazing time, and the Holy Spirit showed up, and so we moved last week's sermon, which is today, on on vision. But we, we talked last week even, we prayed into growing, right? As Christians, as Christ followers, if you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, we have to be growing. It's not a place of stagnancy. And so we want to grow individually, and we want to grow corporately as a church body. And so we prayed into that last week right? That vision of who we want to be. We want to be a church that's growing. Amen. Amen. Do you want to be a Christ follower that's growing? Yeah. Yeah, Right. We want to be generous hearted. We want to be relationally. We want to be others focused, right? Worship centered, meaning we, we want everything to surround the presence of God. That is who we want to be. That is our vision of who we want to be. And so we're going to be talking about vision today. All right, you ready to go on a little bit of a journey? Okay, let's pray as we get into uh, the message today. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence here today, God. We don't take it lightly, and we're so grateful. We just breathe it in here in this moment, Father. We thank you for the word of God that is living and active. And Father, we pray over the next few moments God, that you would open our hearts, you'll open our ears. Father, that you will illuminate truth to us from heaven down to our hearts. Download what we need to hear today. We thank you, Jesus, for this church. God, we thank you for the Great Commission. God, we thank you that as Christ followers, you've given us a mandate to go and to make disciples. And so, Father, may we continue in that. May we live that out wholeheartedly. May we encourage one another along the way as we serve you and we serve our neighbors and our families and our friends at work and our community, God. We just want to honor you with our lives. So we thank you this morning in your precious name. Amen. So vision is pretty important, right? Would everybody agree? Okay, it's important. We have to be able to see, right? So I'm, I'm leaning towards 50 this year. This is my, my big 5-0 year, uh, 2024. And about 10 years ago, I had perfect vision all through my, till I was 40 years old. Could see perfectly. And then had one random incident. We were celebrating my husband's birthday out to lunch. And I had this coughing fit, like overwhelmingly coughed and kind of like blacked out a little bit. It was very strange, actually. And all of a sudden, we're sitting at the table, and I can't read the menu. Like, go from perfect vision to, in a moment, vision blurry. 
people had joked with me for a long time that, oh yeah, once you hit 40, you know, things go downhill. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> well, it was legit. <laughs> it was legit. So it, it's actually, I kind of got, I was sick or whatever, whatever happened. They went, up, they went on kayaking without me. I went home, um, obviously laid down and then made an appointment with the doctor because I was like, this is weird. And so I went to the eye doctor and of course I got a young whippersnapper of an eye doctor and he's like, well, this is what happens, you know, when you turn 40. So he wasn't concerned and it was just all of a sudden I went from having perfect vision to blurry vision. So obviously why I needed glasses. So vision is important. We have to be able to see what is ahead or what it looks like, right? So the actual definition of vision is the state of being able to see. It's the ability to plan the future with imagination and wisdom. Vision is a way to answer your own why for your life. It gives you the reason for your actions, choices, hopes, and desires. So God has a vision for our life. Individually, for each one of you, if you're breathing, you're still alive, whether you're 12 or you're 92, right? There's a vision and a purpose for your life that God has. But then there's a greater thing. There's a greater vision for us collectively as a church. Amen? There's two parts to that. And so there are a lot of people in life who have had great vision, and throughout that, they've been discouraged because things haven't always worked out. You hit it right on the nail, Jackie. Things don't always just happen right away. We pray for things. God's not a genie. We don't come to him and boom, all of a sudden he answers. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he answers prayers immediately. And other times it's over a process of time or a process that he's working in us or other people. But we pray and we leave the results to him, right? There are other successful people who have had vision, but it's taken time. Let me give you some examples, all right? Somebody that you know really well, Walt Disney, right? He was fired from a newspaper because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas, okay, okay? He was fired because he had no good ideas. Steven Spielberg was rejected from film school. If you don't know him, he's done some pretty, uh, E.T., some pretty big movies. He was rejected from film school, not once, not twice, but three times. He had vision of what he wanted to do with his life with film, and so he continued on even though he kept getting rejected. Michael Jordan, right? We know who that is. He was cut from his high school basketball team. Imagine if he would have stopped then. Well, you know, I got cut that one time, so I guess I'm a failure. I guess I, I don't really want to play basketball. I guess I wasn't really meant to do that, right? No. He picked himself up, and he just kept practicing. He just kept showing up because he had a vision of who he wanted to become, right? And he didn't quit. He didn't stop. None of these people that are successful, they didn't stop just because it got hard or just because it took a long time. They kept going. They kept waiting. They kept preparing, right? Thomas Edison, another familiar story, failed, they say, some 10,000 times before successfully inventing the light bulb. Come on. I, I mean, that's a lot. Like, really? Can you, would you, would you have stuck with it? I mean, after like a hundred times, like a thousand times, 2,500, 
over 10,000 times of continuing trying and failing and trying. And why did he do it? Because he had a vision that he could bring light. So he's going to do whatever it took, right? Vision is important. The ability to see. So that's what led all of those people to the point of success. Despite the failure, despite the rejection, they had vision. So my question to you today, do you have vision for your life? Do you see what God has in front of you, his purpose, his plan for this year, for the next five years? Do you know it? Do you see it? And if not, that's not a condemnation. That's just a great place to get in prayer and say, okay, God, I need to see it. I need, you need to show me what is the vision for my life. Vision is a mental picture of the future. It is an idea of what the future can hold, but has not yet happened. Vision is the thing inside of us that guides us. It creates a desire to grow. Last year went last week, right? We want to be a growing church, right? It creates a desire to grow and improve. Vision embodies our hopes and ideals. It gives us a sense of purpose. Vision brings us flashes of what is possible. Do you have that for your life right now? What is ahead? What is possible? How could God use your story? How can he use your life? Do you have a vision of that? God has a vision for our church, and he also has a vision for your life, and those things interconnect. We tend to think that vision is this intangible thing, but God has actually made it very clear in his word. So let me take you, we're going to look at some scripture, but this one is from the message. I liked this. Uh, The message is uh, kind of like a paratranslation, but it's a great uh, word. It says this, if people can't see what God is doing, so if they can't see it, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, what he's showing, they are most blessed. So we've got to be able to see what God is doing. We've got to be in a place where he can reveal himself to us. Amen? So God's vision for our church is real basic, all right? And it's taken from scripture. It's not going to be, you're going to know this, but I want us to walk through that. It's this, number one, God's vision for our church is that lost people get saved, right? Yeah. Number two, saved people become pastored, discipled, right? Yeah. Then pastor discipled people make disciples, And then those disciples are mobilized. Incredible. Lost people saved, saved people discipled, discipled people healed. Disciple makers being mobilized. That is where it's all at. Amen? It's all in scripture. We talked about it the first week. Comes back to the Great Commission. How are we doing? How are you doing as a Christ follower with that? So here at Rockside, We exist. There are four things I want to share with you. These are the things we want you to kind of walk along in a discipleship process. And the first thing is this. We want you to know God. So we want people to come here and to find Jesus and to begin to know him, to have a relationship with him. It's the first step, right? In any part of the journey, you've got to know God. You've got to come to him. 
He's got to be your savior. You've got to ask him to forgive you, right? That initial knowing God. And that's a process too. Like we continue to know him from now until we get to heaven. The second thing though, there's another part of this journey. We've got to find freedom, all right? So it's not just about getting saved and stopping there. It's about this word called deliverance. It's about this word getting healed, finding freedom. So we're not just being saved and going to heaven, but we are in a process of being saved and healed, being delivered, right? There are folks in here deal with anger, bitterness, there's addictions, there's all kinds of stuff. If we were to all just be real honest and wear it on a t-shirt, like the stuff we deal with, we just came in one day and everybody, everybody had it on their t-shirt that just bared it all, right? Here's my stuff, here's what I deal with on a shirt. It actually probably would be helpful. You know why? Because we're all broken. The Bible says for all sinned, right? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and we all need his grace. So it actually would probably be helpful because then we could be like, okay, great. We need Jesus desperately. (laughs) And then we would leave all that stuff on the altar, right? We'd lay it down. We'd leave it there. We'd help each other, right? Instead of having to, yeah, I don't have any problems or I don't need any help or I, I got it all together, right? We all try to walk in like, the Bible's real clear. Apart from Jesus, we are nothing, nothing. We are a mess. We're broke. We're full of sin, We have so much flesh. We need the Holy Spirit to help us, right? So we want to know God. We want to find freedom. The third thing is this. We had to discover purpose. All right, so once you're getting some healing and some deliverance, right? Well, then guess what? You got to find your purpose. Why are you here? Why are you in this community? Why has God brought you here? Well, there's a reason. It's not just to come and sit and warm a pew and leave. No, there's a divine destiny and purpose for your life. God has brought you here in this season for such a time as this. So it's the goal to find what is that purpose, right? So know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. We want every person in this church to be able to go through these steps. And the fourth one is this. So after you know God, of course, we're still always in that process, find freedom, get deliverance, we're being delivered, right? We're discovering our purpose, Then the fourth thing is this, make a difference. Get involved, get on a team, begin serving. There's all kinds of places and ways and needs and things to be a part of to help not only this church, but this community and what God's assignment is for us as a congregation. And you're here because you're a part of that. It's just not me and a few of our staff that God has called to make it all happen. No, he's called you here a part of this body because you're a part of the body. You're the hands and the feet, the ears, the head, the mouth. You're all the pieces. So it takes the whole body working together to be able to really, truly, fully do the mission, the Great Commission, right, that we talked about a couple weeks ago. And you're a part of that. You are here because God, some of you, it's miraculous. We got stories of God bringing people from Virginia and Pennsylvania and like, I'm like, how did you find here, Rockside Church, you know? It doesn't matter however you got here or if you've been here forever since day one. You are here still because there's a purpose and a plan. Amen. Right. Right. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that exciting? Amen. And so that's the vision is for all of us to know God, find freedom, deliverance, 
discover our purpose, and then make a difference. I mean, it's, it's like that simple. And you're going to hear this over and over and over again. You're gonna, these are the four things that we want to really help people move in a process. It's our spiritual journey. It's a discipleship journey, actually. It's the process of becoming like Christ. Amen? And we're all on that journey somewhere. And you know what? You might be here today and you haven't even got on the journey. You may not even know God yet. And that's okay. Because our job, we want to invite people into that. We want to give people the opportunity to know God and get on that spiritual journey and the process. And listen, again, we do it in humility. We walk in it with grace because we all realize that we're on a different place of the journey. So we're not pointing fingers. We're not going, oh, well, you've been around for a long time, so you should be moving up to the next, next place or you should have it all figured out. No, we are all in a journey between Jesus and us, right? And we're called to encourage one another, of course. We're called to speak the truth in love, absolutely. But we're called to walk with one another through these places, amen? amen. Such a beautiful thing. But you gotta have vision for yourself for your own life, and we have to have vision as a church, and we do. And I'm excited to see as we continue to walk that out as a family of God. So how are you doing on your journey? How are you doing? Are you progressing? Are you just maybe at that first place, number one, knowing God? Or maybe you've moved along, you're on number two, you're in that place of beginning to experience healing. Maybe you've already done that and you're, man, I'm discovering purpose, I'm serving and I'm enjoying. I don't know where you're at on the journey, but the, the point is just to get on the journey and to begin moving forward. There's not, God's not saying, oh, I need you to get here. No, he, he's a loving God. He's our father, right? He just wants us to be growing. He wants us to be moving forward, right? Maturing in our faith and maturing in our love for him. So good. So maybe you know, maybe you're here today and you know enough about God to keep you out of hell. But that's just not enough, right? You've got to go deeper. We're called to go deeper. It's not just a get out of hell card. <laughs> Knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's so much more. Or maybe you're close to the Lord today, but there's, there's just stuff in your life that you know you know it's sin, you know it's dark, you know it's chaining you, it's hindering you, maybe nobody even knows. It's time to get that stuff out. It's time to allow the Lord to begin to heal. Because if you leave that stuff, we'll just call it stuff, we'll call it sin, right? But if you leave it alone, it gets worse. Sin grows. Sin separates us from God. The more that we just allow those things in, just moves us farther and farther away from him. Because Jesus hasn't ever moved. If you feel today, man, I feel far away from God. Just, let me just remind you, he didn't move. You did. Yeah. You know, our actions, our choices, the things that we've done, they, they keep piling up in between us and God. And, and soon we find ourselves like, man, God feels so far away. Well, he, he hasn't moved. He's always been standing there like this with his arms out, right? Here I am, come, come. He just says, come. It's the sin that separates us. There's an actual mechanical term used in thermodynamics mm, that explains this. So some of you will like this. All right, it's called, is it entropy or entropy? Somebody help me. Entropy, right? That's what I thought. 
entropy. It's a gradual decline into disorder. In other words, when you leave stuff alone and you don't take care of it, it gradually declines until it's a mess. Like that is just the natural thing that will happen. Entropy will happen. It will gradually decline into disorder if you don't take care of it. So if you don't maintain your body with the right food and exercise, it doesn't get better, right? It gets worse, right? And some of us are in that process of trying to, trying to do stuff, right? But if, we don't, if we're not doing anything, it's just gradually going to get worse and worse and worse, right? If you don't work on your relationships with your family, your kids, your marriage, it gets worse, Human nature is to wait until it's like in complete disorder before we do something about it. Why? Why do we do that? Well, there's lots of reasons. <laughs> God wants us to live life and life to the full. And so we need to take these things on. God has a vision for your life and he has a vision for our church. It's easy to grab hold of this vision and get started, but it's also easy to experience some entropy where we stall out and we gradually decline into disorder. We watched this during COVID. We watched people that used to come to church and they don't come to church anymore, right? You just gradually stop coming. You stop prioritizing meeting together with the fellowship of believers. Eventually, you make, the, you make all kinds of reasons why you can't do and be a part of the body of Christ and it just starts to fade, right? That's the enemy of our soul. That's sin. That's what happens, right? It pulls us away from the very thing that we need to be doing. So turn with me in Ephesians um, chapter 1. This is why Paul the Apostle starts this prayer for the church of Ephesus. It's a beautiful prayer, and he's writing to the church, <laughs> explaining to them who they need to be, all right? And he didn't just pray for them once. He continually prayed for them, that they would progress in the vision that God had for their lives. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 15 through 18. This is Paul talking to the church of Ephesus, all right? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful church. Uh, they've done a lot of great things. Um, and this is Paul saying, he says, ever since I first heard of you, all right, so the church, Paul's saying, your strong faith, church of Ephesus was strong in their faith, so much so that he heard about it. Ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, and this is Paul, he's saying, I have not stopped thanking God for you. He's praying for the church. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom. So here's Paul asking, I, I want the Lord to give you this church spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow. There's that word again. We've been hear, hearing it a lot. Grow in your knowledge of God. All right, he's wanting them to continue that growth. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. This is a prayer that he was praying over them, that they would continue to grow in their knowledge, grow in their wisdom, 
that they would allow more of the Holy Spirit, right? Why do you think Paul's praying this for this church? Letting them know, every time I think of you, I'm praying for you. Why do you think that was necessary? They needed to be reminded, A, that someone was out there, right, praying for them. But Paul knew, just like us, right, that eventually we can be doing good things, but we can get in a rut and get stuck, and all of a sudden entropy can fall in, and then we can fall away. And so he knew that this prayer for spiritual wisdom would be an encouragement to the church, right? That's what the Word of God is for us. It's encouragement. It's life. It comes at the time when we need it the most, and it speaks to us. And although we're not the church of Ephesus, this speaks to us today. Amen? This is something that we need to be praying for each other. Hey, every time I think of you, Elaine, I'm thanking the Lord for you, right? I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Imagine that. If we as a body of Christ begin praying this for each other, just this couple scriptures, right? I pray for you constantly, asking the glorious Father to give you spiritual wisdom, and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. What if we were praying that over our youth, our youth group kids? We were praying those couple scriptures. God, help our kids to grow in wisdom, to grow in insight. Man, that would change so much if we were taking this prayer that Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus and we just begin praying it over each other when we pray for one another. We have a church directory. If you don't have one, I encourage you, there's some over on that missions wall. If you need one, let our office know. But that's a great thing to utilize to pray for during the week. God will put different ones of you on the mind, on each other's mind. Pray this scripture over each other. Amen? God has called us to walk with each other. There's purpose in that. We've got to discover that. All right, so I'm going to show you in the New Old Testament too. So go on over to Exodus. This is when God was revealing his plan to save the Israelites. So God shows up and talks to Moses. Pretty crazy, pretty amazing, right? Shows up in the burning bush. <laughs> Can you imagine? I just think that would have been a really cool place to be when, you know, Moses is there and all of a sudden this bush just blasts out on fire and voice from heaven is like, Moses, you know, is calling him to get the Israelites out of Egypt. Can you imagine what that was like? So turn with me to Exodus chapter 6. Have you guys seen the, the cartoon Prince of Egypt? Anybody? I, I love that visual. If you haven't seen it, do watch it. I know it's a cartoon, but it's really, it's really great. But that, that actual cartoon is, is really incredible because when Moses is there, and of course he's insecure and doubting because he has a speech impediment, and he's like, God, you know, I don't have it. I don't have what it takes, right? I'm not worthy. And all of a sudden in the cartoon, this big thing of light and big sound. And, and God's like, I am who I am, this big sounding voice. And he's like, you know, like terrified, of course. Um, and he's like, why are you doubting me? You know, I got, I got you. I am who I am, you know. And it's just a really, really powerful visual of, of this, right? And so God comes to, to Moses and gives him a vision of what he needs him to do to deliver to deliver, right? To save the Israelites, get them out from underneath the Pharaoh so that they can move into the promised land. But Moses has to agree. He has to say yes, right? 
God can give us a vision, but we have to participate in the vision. How are you doing? How are you doing with participating in the vision God has for your life? So Exodus 6. And we're going to actually, I know it's only, we only have 6 and 7, but we're going to start with verse 1. It says, Then the Lord told Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh when he feels the force of my strong hand. I love it. He will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. He's, I'm sorry, but this day and age, people don't have the fear of the Lord. Like, God is a loving God, but he don't mess around. He's also a just God, and he deals with sin, and he deals with it in his way. Verse two says, and God said to Moses, I am Yahweh, the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan where they were living as foreigners. You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel. Hmm. Doesn't that, again, that goes back to the father heart of God, right? As the people were slaves being treated terrible, they cried out to their God, right? Help us, deliver us. It didn't happen right away. But it says here, God, he heard the groans of the people of Israel who are now slaves to the Egyptians. And I am well aware of my covenant with them. Verse six, therefore, and this is what he's saying to Moses, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and a great and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from the oppression in Egypt. So Moses was given a vision. And of course, he had to participate with that vision to be able to help free the Israelites. And you know the story. Obviously they do. And of course, the Pharaoh doesn't like it and he tries to stop them. And again, God comes through, right? <laughs> he always does. He always will come through. Amen. Discovering our purpose is important. Moses had to say yes to that. We have to participate with it as well. Amen. So again, our vision is this, to know God, number one. Number two, find freedom. Number three, discover purpose. And number four, make a difference. So I've got a couple questions that I'm just going to have you think about today, and we're not going to go through all the rest of the notes, Arabella. But as we move forward, I have four questions that I just want you to think about, okay? And the first one is this, how close am I to God today? How close are you? Have you been on fire before in a greater place? Has it been times where you've read and you've known him more and all you can do is relate to, oh yeah, at one point I was, I was on fire. I, I used to experience this. If that's the case, it's just time to return to the Lord. It's time to get back and do the things that you did in, fir that you did in first. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 2 really quickly. And I realize the time, so don't, don't worry. 
Revelation chapter 2. This is John's vision while he was on the Isle of Patmos. And he gives a vision for all the churches. And this was to the church of Ephesus. He writes this letter. And he says this, I know all the things that you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. So God, so Jesus is literally like honoring this church of Ephesus about how great that they have been, right? All the things that they had done for his namesake. And so this is where it comes to us, right? Then verse four, it says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. So if you're not close to God today, the point is it's time to repent and do the things that you used to do. Come back to Jesus. He's graceful. He's not condemning, right? He'll convict us, absolutely. But come back to him today. Don't stay far away. Here's the second question. And again, we're going to breeze through these because we are way beyond time. How close am I to other believers? The enemy makes sure that we are busy, that we're full, that our time goes everywhere else besides the family of God. That's got to change, church, because we need each other. We need the family of God. We need this community. You might have family, extra family, like, you know, moms and dads and aunts and uncles, and that's great. But God has called us to be a church family. And so these relationships are important, but they take time. They take effort. It gets messy. Sometimes there's conflict. Sometimes there's misunderstanding. But we walk that out in love. We walk that out in crucial conversations. We walk that out in forgiveness, right? We need each other. So how are you with your relationships with other believers? The third question is this. Do I see myself how God sees me? Do you have a vision for how God sees you today? Not how you see yourself, but how God sees you. God created you. You're made in his image. We are all made in his image. We should measure ourselves only by scripture, by nothing else. So it's important that you discover your purpose. It's important that you know what God has called you to, church. Our church cannot fulfill its potential without you discovering and walking in your purpose, okay? So it's really important. And we need each other, and we need you to say yes, to make a difference, amen? Sound good? So let's not let entropy set in. Let's not get stuck in this process of discipleship as we're moving along the way, amen? <laughs> So as Leah plays here, the last question is this. Am I living with heaven in mind? Because here's the thing. Right now, our vision is very personal, right? Right now, you see what's just around you, right? Your hurts, your pains, the, the life that you have, and it hurts, I'm sure. There's lots of things going on, so it's real. 
So we can't like be fake and not realize that we're here in life, but we have to live with heaven in mind, amen? If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we have lots to look forward to. We have a purpose and plan still here. We have things to do, occupied till he comes. But it's really about eternity. Are you gonna be there in heaven in eternity? Is your family and friends going to be there in heaven with you? Are your neighbors, are your coworkers? Do you have a vision for your life? And if you don't, today's the opportunity to just begin, Lord, show me, what does that look like in my everyday life? If you're on the discipleship journey and you already know God, it's time to move to that next place, find healing, move to the next place, right? Get involved, serve, connect in. This is our DNA. This is who we want to be, who we want to continue to become as a church. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning as we just respond individually. I know I went a little over today. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. But you guys, we've got empty seats here. And we've got people that we love that need to know Jesus. We've got folks that are on the outskirts of Rockside and they haven't been around for a while. Who's reaching them? Who's, who's connecting? Who's calling besides me and our team? Right? It's going to take a lot of us, all of us, <laughs> fulfilling the mission, living the vision that God has called us individually and as a church. It's going to take all of us doing our part. Amen. And so today, as we respond to the Lord, I just want you to close your eyes and I just want you to have a moment with the Lord. Have you let entropy in? Are you in a gradual place of decline or disorder in your life? Just take an account of your heart and where you're at. And with everybody's eyes closed, if that's you today, you recognize that you have, you're stuck. You just aren't moving forward. And you need God's grace and you need his strength to be able to do that, to get out of that place. Just raise your hand so I can pray with you in this moment. I see that. Yep, absolutely. I see those hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a vision for your own life. You don't know what that looks like. You don't know what God is expecting of you and, and you want to. You want to be at a place where you're surrendered enough where you say, God, show me. What does that look like? How can I participate in your vision for my life? And if that's you today that you recognize you need some help with that, you need God's help just raise your hand too, because I want to be able to pray for you today. Amen. I see those hands. Absolutely. Lots of hands going up here. Lots of hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So let's pray this morning as we just respond to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you for speaking into us through your word. God, I pray for those that just need strength to be able to continue to follow you. 
God, for those that have let entropy in, they're just stuck. God, we, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will give them all that they need to start fresh, to hit that reset button, to come to you and just ask you to forgive them. Father, so they can start clean, they can start new. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you don't hold the past against us, but God, you give us a fresh start, a new beginning. And so Lord, for those that raise their hand, God, thank you, Jesus, Father, that they realize they've just gotten stuck and they need you today, Lord. We thank you for that. For the, Father, for those that just recognize they need to have a greater vision for their life and they need your help, they need your strength with that. Lord, I pray right now you'll begin to stir up those gifts in them. You'll begin to just show their heart what it looks like. God, begin to give them divine connections and interventions with people to be able to share the love of Jesus. God, help them to open up their heart, open up their life. Father, where they've been protected and they've kept people out, God, I pray that they will be open and they'll start to reach out. Father, we wanna be a church that's growing. We want to be individuals and Christ followers that are growing, becoming more like you. And not just so we can hold it all to ourselves, but so that we can give it away to a world that is so desperate for you, that needs the hope of Jesus. So Father, activate us today as your children, as your sons and daughters. Holy Spirit, empower us as we leave from here today. May we go out on mission. May we go out with the vision of what you have for us, Lord not only individually, but as a church. God, thank you for Rockside Church. Thank you for this family. God, thank you for the assignment you've given us in this community to impact families. God, we don't take that lightly. And so God, help each of us, help us as a church to continue to walk that out to your glory, to your honor. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.